right, guys. I'm here with uh, Andrew Burns from CrossFit yes. Kingston Creek yeah. Fruit Academy. Foundry Athletics. The, yeah, right. All Foundry the above. Yeah. yeah, we're actually toying with a name change. Two? I don't know. Have you had just any? the Foundry doesn't really, you know, factory molding metal, and now we're in this setting, so it's it's kind of changed a little bit. A so lot we, of it. Yeah, so we don't know what to do with it. I probably I'll keep it for now, and then yeah. just play with ideas. Creekford, maybe. I want to be keep it separate from the school, right? Kind of differentiate it a little bit because it's they're two completely different entities. So, right. cool. Well, um, let's just start with like the background. I'm just more curious. I think we've talked about this probably not for a long time ago because yeah. we've known each other for a while. Um, how did you get into CrossFit originally? Way back when? How did you open the gym? And then we'll go into Creekford. And yeah. Later. No, the gym started. I had finished teachers college way way back and couldn't really break into that teaching world to get a full-time so i was doing part-time work supply work right and i was working as a trainer at the ymca hey and one of the guys that worked there in the office had crossfit main pay job and it was uh cindy, is it cindy that's the 5 10 15 yeah. yeah so he had that up and so we started reading through the comments and all these dudes are saying oh i got 18 rounds in 20 minutes i got 16 rounds and so we're in our tw early 20s, and we're thinking we're pretty hot shit. So, right. like, I'll probably bang out 21 rounds. No problem. 22 rounds. Yeah. So we both go out on our break. I'm like, we got 20 minutes. Perfect. We'll get this done, have a quick bite to eat, and we'll get back to work. And I swear to God, I think maybe I got four or five rounds. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, how does somebody do so many pull-ups? Right. Because no, the idea of kipping and all that stuff was foreign. We didn't, we just read 5, 10, 15. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, five pull-ups, yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Yeah. And do push-ups, they're easy. I can do thousands of push-ups. No, I can't. <laughs> and so that kind of, and then I was like, you know what? This is actually a pretty cool workout. And so started kind of following the main page a little bit. Did that every day. Things still weren't kind of rolling in the teaching world. And I was like, you know what? Why don't... Why don't I try this? Like I, I love this line of work, and, right? And so I ended up going out, and they, around the same time they introduced the CrossFit Kids right. stuff, and so I ended up going out to San Diego, and doing. They had like a joint weekend where you did your level one on like the Thursday, Friday, and then the kids on the Saturday, Sunday. Oh wow! Out at that, uh, it was called Brand X back in the day. I remember that. Yeah, it was, it was kind of the that couple that started the whole kids thing, and then there must have been like a falling out. And they the Martins, kinda, yeah. The Martins, yeah. yeah. So, and it was back in the day when it was all the big names were there, like Dutch and Chris Spieler, and all those guys were at that cert because it was right. so new. That was back in oh. Five maybe. I'm gonna send this to Dutch and Tag. Yeah, oh four, oh five, <laughs> and so all those guys were there, and it was kind of cool. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, Jeff Tucker, and all those guys were there at yeah. the same cert doing it. So yeah, I went out there, spent a bit of week out there, and stopped at a few of the crossfits, like in Laguna Beach and some of those other places, just to kind of see what was going on. Yeah, and then came back here and rented a. Well, first of all, tried to lay the groundwork. Like I was pretty young, still living at home, and like, hey, mom, dad. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not. Thing. I'm not going to teach for a little while, but I played it pretty smart and said, "Hey, I'm just going to take a year leave of absence." Sounds familiar. Yeah, I so I, I took a year <laughs> leave of absence and rented like a little 500 square foot hole in the wall in an industrial area. But at the time, that was new and exciting. No one had seen gyms like that, so they walk in and they see these concrete walls, and as long as you got a rope hanging from the ceiling. 
and a barbell at your CrossFit gym back then. And so it was that novelty of people coming in and looking at them and be like, yeah, it's so sparse. There's nothing in here. They're in. Right. right. It's a no brainer. Like I got to try this workout. It had been hyped in the media. People had started talking about it already in your kind of military police, right. that emergency service world. And that was my kind of first couple people through the door that were super stoked to see that style gym. It was so interesting. I remember at that time the, the gym looked weird. No one knew it was happening, but then to top it off, you'd do a workout and because like you'd give them a sample workout trial day or whatever. Yeah. And I remember you did like baseline or Cindy or something yeah. or whatever. And because there was like what was no the baseline? Was the baseline one with the row? Five hundred row, yeah. forty air squats, thirty <laughs> sit ups, twenty push ups, ten pull ups. Okay. People would just be like, some people didn't make the pull ups. Did you make it? Yeah, and it was like done. This is six because minutes long. Because there was long. zero intense like working out in, yes. in the in the I guess in the in the fitness world. Whereas I feel like now with Orange Theory, or whatever, people are like, oh, it's just another circuit. But back then, that was like. This was it heresy. was the circuit. That's right. Like you don't you don't work this hard. Yeah, That's, you don't want to do that. You got to be in the fat burn zone. <laughs> That's exactly. Used to rock people. Yeah, dang. And so yeah, kind of from there, it all grew pretty quick, and then expanded the space with probably within the first year, and then things kind of you know kept growing over the first three four years. And we've talked about this many times. That's kind of the part where it's like you fall into that traditional business success archetype where you're okay well i gotta if i want to be successful 100 members isn't enough now right i gotta go i need 120 members yeah well i want to be really successful i need 5,000 square feet and 200 members and monthly revenue should be this and that and the other thing and it's in being new to small business it's very easy to get caught up in that yeah and I've, I'll be the first to admit, I fell into that thinking, hey, you know what, i got to keep growing this. And around the same time, a bunch of new gyms, hey, it's been five years, CrossFit's catching on now. A couple yeah. opened in town, and all of a sudden, you kind of hit a bit of a, a lull. And so you start kind of looking, going, well, what am I doing wrong now? Right. Why am I not still, you know, every, I was getting 10 new members a month, 50 new members a month in a small town. You're like, this, this is unreal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now it's one and two. Right, maybe a member is like, oh, you know, I've been here a little five, six years, whatever it is. I'm just gonna go try the other one, see what it's like. Right, and so again, it's it's a difficult position because then you start to internalize that and take it a little bit personally. Like, well, why the fuck are you going there? I feel like every gym owner, things that people don't get is every gym owner, because especially with CrossFit, it's not like no no business you know suit is coming in and buying and starting a crossfit gym it's a person who really cares who really wants to help people Uh, i don't know one gym owner that doesn't take it personally as fuck when yeah someone leaves you're just like oh like what did i do wrong i'm so sorry can i help you like oh like it really it hurts because you're you're their friend now yeah right and then you kind of take it as like i just i lost a friend yeah but it, it as you go along you're like you know what, that person's still probably my friend. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to snub them if I see them downtown. Like, I'm going to sit and have a drink with them. No, it's true, though. It's, and, I mean, I think that's the part of what makes CrossFit Gyms awesome, but it's also what makes us, in some ways, more vulnerable because we're so, like, our yeah. heart's so much in it. That's that it's right. It's difficult to make a tough business decision the same way it's difficult for someone to leave. And it's... To, to really build a big business, you kind of got to be a little cold in some ways. Yeah. Right? And that's the part I think a lot of, because it becomes such a homey feel and you have so many friends in it that I think sometimes people miss that and they forget this is still a business. This is our livelihood. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, we're not just walking around. It might look like we're just walking around sipping coffees, having the time of our life, 
But outside the classes, like there's real stresses, there's real finances. That you can't bring into class, and that's, that's the right. hardest part. And there's real stuff going on that it's not just, you know, everybody cheering for each other. This yeah. is awesome. Like, yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And then when you're dealing with a whole bunch of stress, and then someone comes in, or you know, everybody's like, "Hey, can I get a discount? Can I whatever?" Oh, and you're fuck. like, <laughs> "Man, like this is the, I don't know how to say no." Or when I was at the beginning, I used to say yes to like pretty much everyone. And it was terrible. I was like, "Wait a second, like I'm." I'm just yeah. taking that money out of my pay. Like that's where it's yeah. coming from. It's not coming from corporate. No, like it's, they're not. It's not me. much is coming from corporate. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I think a lot of people get to that four, five, six year mark, and that's where they they pack it in. Right. Right. Because they've been doing that, and then all of a sudden, well, Jesus, I can't make this fly anymore. Like financially, because I've been giving discounts. I've been saying, oh no, don't worry about it. Like. You still have yeah. to run the thing. Pay like me on the fifth of the month. That's fine. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. And then all of a sudden it's the fifteenth, yeah. and then the twentieth. Then they pay you on the twentieth. Then the first rolls around again, and Been you're too like, close. and then yeah. you're like, oh, it's you know, it's first of the month. Well, I just paid you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, dude, you're like a month behind, and <laughs> now you're two months behind. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of with moving, like I just moved out of my old space like four days ago. This is new. Yeah. So it was. We were there just 10 years. And so same wow. thing, started really small. And it wasn't, it's not a huge, but for this area, we got, it was like 4,200 square feet. So a pretty good, good size. size. And the one thing we really, I sat down with Kate, like uh, my full-time employee, and we kind of talked about what's, what have we lost as I have chased that number or chased that that success that we're told right. is business success, right? More revenue, more sales. That's what makes you successful. And we kind of sat down and said, well, great. That's fine if you want to follow that, that role, right? Right, And follow that archetype, then go for it. But we kind of, well, what's, what about success overall? Like, are we happy in that space? It was a dark hole. Yeah. I was like, no, like I don't, what I'm here in the classes are going on, it's awesome. But I didn't look. I don't look. Didn't look forward to going in. Yeah, you'd go open the door for the class and and out. Yeah, and it'd just yeah. be like, okay, yeah, we had a blast, still had fun, great workouts, but it didn't create that same excitement. And the, as we grew, the community got less and less. Right. And in the beginning, that was the biggest part of these gyms. The CrossFit gym is we've got this community, right? We do maybe our little in-house competitions, or everyone hangs out and has a beer after a workout, or whatever right. it might right. be. And so that's kind of the route we were hoping would happen with this is get into a more, a more natural environment. The gym's down to 22, 2300 square feet, but it's got more of a, a community center type feel mm -hmm. versus a gym, right? We're building a, a bouldering wall and I'm a lifelong skate kid. So I've got a little mini ramp in there and some outdoor stuff. It's just fun things for people bone arrows, axe throwing, just stuff that, hey, your workout's done, you got a couple buddies in the class, well, go shoot some bows for a little bit. Right. Or do you want to, do you want to, we've never gone bouldering, never climbed before, let's go mess around on the wall. So just That's to cool. bring that community side of it back, and then the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got a little bit of land, so enough that we can do some other things. Like, I want to put a beach volleyball court in, and like a little BMX pump track. I need to move out here. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Can I build a little cabin right over there? Yeah, it's just funny. That's what we were just talking about in terms of you come here and this is like nature and nothing around right. is the novelty. Whereas I go into the city 
in my eyes. Buildings are, everywhere in concrete. Yeah, and like wow. my eyes are big. Stores. Like, we can do everything here. <laughs> but again, it's just what you get used to doing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool to like hear that like the community is such a big part of like the 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 thought behind your thought process behind the change and the move. Because I can tell you, like as the elements grown, well, yeah, you've grown. Keeping the community together is this is it didn't used to be work, and yeah. now it's work, and I love it. Don't get me wrong; I don't want to. It's not a. I mean, it's work. Yeah. But it's 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 good work, but it doesn't happen accidentally anymore. Whereas before, it was just like, hey, good people, good space. Yeah. It just works. It happens. But after a certain amount of uh, after a certain size, it becomes just like, all right, what are we gonna do this month? How are we gonna do this? Yeah, you got to pre-plan stuff. Yeah. yeah, and as it goes big, you know, like. These two people don't get along. Those two people don't get along. And all this stuff becomes, it's complex, right? There's egos and crossfits. <laughs> what? Egos everywhere. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but like it's just so uh, it's so interesting because I think, you know, going back to where it started, I think a lot of people forget that these were all really small community gyms. Yeah. I don't think at the very, very beginning, I don't think anyone started it completely out of like a huge business and undertaking. No, and I think a lot of in the last probably five years that's the route a lot of people have done, right? right? Look, what other gym has, you know, 130 to 100 or $200, $300 a month memberships? Right. There's not many others out there. Yep. So people start seeing that number. And then, like we said, or I said earlier, you start chasing numbers. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, okay, well, this is going to be, and fine, make your living. But eventually, I think there's so much, the gym market's saturated to begin with. Yeah. So if you don't do something, especially in a small town, to differentiate yourself, you're just another stop along the way. Right. Right. I'll try this, Jim. Okay. That was cool. I'll try this. And maybe it makes its way back around. But by that point, depending on how solid your kind of core group is, you might not be there to get back around too. Right. So. I also think like CrossFit as a model, what people I think sometimes forget, and it's just not it's not the most efficient business model, right? <laughs> Something like like a F45 or Orange Theory, yeah. where like you can stack people in really close, you don't need a lot of equipment, everyone's doing the same thing. Yep. Like you can put 300, 400 people in an in a Orange Theory gym members, they're paying 250, 300 yep. a month. Is that what, right? I don't even know what Orange Theory it's is. Around, is that what it is? The same price. So it's F45 in the same. F45 is three something a month. Okay. Um, and, but the thing is like, you use this much space. Yeah. Whereas CrossFit, like, well, I need a pull-up bar for me. I need a place to do handstands. I need a barbell. I need bumper plates, which are expensive, and the barbells are expensive. I need yep. to be able to drop them. I need specific flooring. And so even just, like, space requirements, I forget where um, – I've seen these numbers floating around. It was around, like, 150 to 170 square feet per person for a workout in a CrossFit gym. I would Very say that'd tight. probably be even small. Yeah, that's, like, tight. Yeah. Whereas if you think about, like, at a at an Orange Theory, you're into, like, 30 square feet yeah. a person, 15 square feet a person. Like, really, how big can I – it's like a burpee oh. space. That's it. Yeah. And so really, like when it comes to the business side of it, you can jam a lot of people in a really small space. Um, yeah. I, I did a soul cycle class a couple of years ago to check it out. There was like 60 bikes in 500 square feet. Maybe. Like you could touch everyone around you. And I mean, it's part of the vibe, but we know why it's a part of the vibe. Like yeah. you can $30 a ride. That's right. Like, so everyone out there, if you're going to open a CrossFit gym, right, look into SoulCycle. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing this as a business model. It's a passion. Yes, look job. into SoulCycle. F- yeah. I don't even know what F45 is. We don't have one here. Oh, I've really? never heard of it. It's like um, they made their name for themselves, Smart Marketing. Maybe I don't, Six, seven years ago, they offered this challenge 
to CrossFitters to come and do their challenge in like Australia and we'll give you $100,000. If you I win remember it. that, yeah. So uh, I think it was like Noah Olsen and a couple of, they so flew down. So if you down beat one of our F45 guys. because we were so fit. And they just destroyed them and took uh, the money and came back. But then everyone was heard about, heard about and talked genius about Genius marketing. So basically it's like, and I haven't done one yet, so I might not be doing this justice. Someone's going to like listen to it and yeah. be like, you're wrong. Because you have you're your wrong. viewership base. It's huge. Expanding viewership yeah. base. With seven people that are going to be watching this are going to be really mad. Um, but, I'm going to get but, double my Instagram following yes. though. Yeah, seven new. The, uh, you have like these stations. I think it's a 45 minute workout. You have stations where you do interval work. And the TV in front of each station shows you what you're doing. And you, like, copy the TV. Okay. So it's, like, battle ropes and yep. whatever the interval is for the day. Okay. And you move around. And there's, like, a coach there who, like, motivates you and tells yeah. you what to do. Give a cheerleader. You on. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to, you know. That's true. Yeah, give a cheerleader. Um, and, and so they go through and they go do it. But, I mean, it's exploding because it's, you know, simple. You don't have to learn any movements for it. But you get really sweaty. You work really hard. You get tired. You're like, yeah. Ah. And then you mix it with some decent from what I've seen, decent nutrition advice. Yeah. Um, and people get results and they like it. And in a business, that's it's killing it because a bunch of people mean, in a small thing, it's really simple. It's, you know, yeah. caters to the masses. It's not scary like CrossFit. Yep. And yeah, the barrier to entry is so low. Mm -hmm. You don't have to spend eight months learning how to squat well before, yeah. okay, you can front squat well. I'm going to let you power clean now. Yeah. And then you're going to work into hand cleats, whatever it might be, right. is that I think with all the new things like this is where it's hard for CrossFit to stay on that level. Because I know we used to do quite a few and you did the same where you had to complete X amount of sessions one-on-one -on -one privately still before do that, yeah. you still do that. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of did away with those just because it created another barrier of entry. Right. It makes it a lot more challenging in a group because you need to have either another employee there or someone to work specifically with that new person to keep them, you know, safe from, mm -hmm. from themselves. themselves yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a hard barrier that I don't know how you overcome in CrossFit. That's tough because people want instant, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like picking up snowboarding. I know some people it want, is like, not they want to be good at snowboarding, yeah, it is not but instant. they don't want to go through the whole process of learning it. Yep. And with CrossFit, there's definitely a learning curve to it. It's much easier than snowboarding. However, there's still a curve. And yep. a lot of people just want to like, I don't want to learn this stuff. I just want to like have abs and be, get sweaty. And do good, yeah. That's, and that's it's it. that, I mean, we're in that snippet society. Yeah. And even when you said, hey, we're going to do a podcast and we've got this long form discussion. Right. Right. How many of you are going to sit through this? I don't know how long this is, like an hour. Probably very few. Yeah. Right. People get little sound clips. That's what we get off Facebook. That's how we get our news. That's how we get everything now is right. that snippet society where, well, you don't have to be good. Right. I can do this. I don't have to be actually very knowledgeable as long as I read the headline. Right. Right. I can throw my two cents in the ring for whatever disc political discussion you might be having because I read a little bit about the cut Ford's making lately. Right. So I think that's trickles down into all facets yeah whether it's working out whether it's news whether it's just how you live your damn life it's interesting you say that because i feel like the thing that's changed these days is it used to be well knowledge used to be cool i think it's cool to now be not knowledgeable i don't want to say dumb because that feels like the wrong wrong way to work uh, yeah that's the right word but it's, it's cool <laughs> to be like well i don't know about that yeah. but then is to define knowing about that is I just have to have like a sound bite or an opinion. It doesn't have yep. to be an informed opinion. I didn't have to research it and whatever. I just heard someone said like, oh, these cuts are bad. And like, oh, they're bad. They're bad. And instead of debating or discussing or learning into like, I don't think politics is a perfect example. 
you can criticize both parties, all parties, government in exactly. general. But instead of choosing and picking and having a discussion on each topic on the merit of that topic, it becomes like a broad paintbrush with like everything is bad. Yes, or the, the liberals are bad. The yes. conservatives are bad. Yes, as, as a whole. Host, like, how about this policy? How yeah. about this policy? How about this policy specifically? But it's difficult because to do that, you have to like read a bunch and figure so it out. You have to because media be just cares. <laughs> yeah, media just cares about getting clicks. So yeah. their headline, even how many times does the headline not actually match up with it the article? It does match it at all. That's right. And then the same, you get into these, and I will, I fall victim to it occasionally. I try not to. Is someone a friend? on your Facebook feed will post something and it just, it sets you off and you're like, I have to comment. I comment. <laughs> and then three days later, 32 comments later, no one's gotten any further. Everyone's just mad. That's right. And then as we all know how Facebook and these things work, now that algorithm that does it, now all these inflammatory things are popping up in my feed and just getting me more fired up. So now I'm back on Facebook putting more comments in, increasing my time spent staring at that damn screen right? for nothing. Versus if I just called that person, if they're on my Facebook, I should, I don't, but I should be able to call them and say, hey, let's just right. talk about this. Yeah, We can have an actual adult conversation. But people don't want to do that because like you said, they don't have the knowledge. All they have is, well, I'm going to read your comment. I'm going to take 20 minutes. I'm going to Google what you said, and then I'm going to Google a sweet reply. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to kind of cut and paste that reply as if it was my own thought process. Cut myself on the back. Yeah. I'm mean, like, I owned you there. Yeah. Yeah. So stay off social media. It's interesting, especially like it, on that topic of how at the end of the day, I guess the irony is that we all want the same thing. Like we want to be happy. We want, we want the freedom that we yeah. afford in this great Success. country. And like the opportunity to pr pursue our dreams or yeah. whatever, whatever that means for you. Yeah. And so, but instead of looking at like, Hey, we're all in this together. It's like, no, you're my enemy. Yeah. Like, you know what? You're wrong. You know why? Let me tell you why you're yeah. wrong. And let then it becomes like, really quick. Yeah. <laughs> this is why it becomes just like, instead of being like, Hey, we're in this together. Let me try to understand your viewpoint. Yeah. Cause like you and want the same thing. We might disagree on how to get there, but we both want the same thing. And if we took that time to sit here and talk about it, we're yeah. going to figure out, Hey, you know what? Yeah. You're, you're liberal Democrat, whatever it is. We're, we're all kind of on the same page here. So this is an interesting segue in my mind now as we're talking about like in person talking, whatever, what are your thoughts on, um, like the actual, like a brick and mortar gym with a coaching experience and training versus like online training. I get my program from my coach and whatever and all that kind of stuff. Had you have asked me this four years ago, and I I never went down that road, I might have said, hey, the online's awesome. I can get my information and knowledge about training out to a much wider scope of people. Right. So I, more people can be positively affected by what I can offer. Mm -hmm. Now, today, with where we've taken the gym and back to that community feel, I mean, it's... The face-to-face -face is the biggest thing we're losing as a society right now. Right. Right? And we're we're becoming more and more isolated the more and more. Like, we talked about this earlier during reference, but with technology, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you've got all these friends and all these workout partners through maybe your online, but you don't know any of them. Right. Right? You have no 
there's no basis to form any kind of relationship outside of everybody posts their numbers. Right. Post your numbers to the comments, right? Awesome. Alex back squatted 285 <laughs> for 8 to 10. <laughs> Lifetime PR. Yeah. Kilos, so, of course. Yeah. Of course. So I think, and I've noticed actually just for our first week open here. Right. The change, it's a smaller gym. I cut down the number of kind of squat racks we have. Right. And now every session, you're partnering up with somebody. So you've got some downtime between, you know, you're doing heavy back squats. You've got some time in between. Either you stand there and stare at the wall, or you actually, you know, this person you've worked out beside for three, four, five, eight years, now you got to talk to them. you got to find out a little bit about them. The horror. Yeah, and then that, again, grows that community that was there originally. Right in that smaller setting and face-to-face -face interaction. But the other side, we'll think of like our relationship as friends, like what do we see each other once yeah. every couple of years? Yeah. So without Facebook and text message, difficult to keep it's very difficult. Yeah. And we've developed a, a great friendship and a lot of it's just through, you know, a couple times a week, we'll shoot each other a text or, hey, yeah. what's your thoughts on this? Or give me a hand with this workout yeah. or did you see this in the media? Yeah. So it's one of those, from a workout standpoint, I'm always going to say with a human being, right. with somebody that has, because, and again, you're putting a lot of faith in an online persona that you don't really know anything about. And they can portray themselves to be whoever they want. The smartest cat in the room. Yeah. And the same idea as your Facebook comment argument, who knows what they're doing. Maybe they're just Googling awesome programming 101 weightlifting right and they're just mass emailing it out and every individual is different right i'm not going to survive a high volume weightlifting workout i'm just not going to do it right right i will break down on some level and in that individual you don't know how the person's sleeping as you get to know them you know that okay vicky's got three boys vicky doesn't sleep much right we're gonna have to modify this a little bit today because she's gonna break yeah right she doesn't have she hasn't recovered fully so i think you lose that yeah you can write in and every week maybe somebody or a bot is reading your your journal and it's saying oh you're only getting five and a half hours sleep a night okay sleep more do one last set but it's just a generic output based on the input you've given them I think I posted this thing to Facebook. I think it was like actually a year ago today where I was like, uh, you know, like the convince me I'm wrong guy. He's like sitting behind a desk is like convince me I'm wrong. And yeah. Like the the oh, magic yeah, yeah, number yeah. of reps and sets yeah. matters less than the people you like your workout partners. I still believe it. Like I was very much a believer of like, hey, like what's the program for you? Like, okay, you're going to do two weeks of this and then a yeah. week of that. And then these are the reps. Here are the percentages. This is where you are. This is where you need to be. But at the end of the day, I really feel like I guess two things. One. Fitness beyond a certain point is completely gratuitous. Like I just want to have abs or I yep. want to lift a certain weight and it's no more or less ego driven than any other like vain pursuit. Yeah. And then two, I think at the, like most people will progress better just by being consistent and going to the gym and having a lower stress environment compared to, man, I got to go to the gym. I got to train today. Oh man, I know I slept two hours, but like I have to hit this, this number. Like, I can't help it. And then you look at it and you're like, well, why? Like, what do you got to do? This awesome helicopter <laughs> right here. Um, but like, like, 
for what? Like, it's a hobby. Yeah. To me, a, a hobby by definition should be enjoyable. There's enough things in your life that you do, like work. <laughs> totally right? not enjoyable. That are not enjoyable. I really enjoy work, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> every every moment. There must be something like you were clearing brush one day and you're like, I did enjoy that, yeah. It yeah. was kind of lightly sprinkling. <laughs> I was getting wet. <laughs> but we all have clients like that, right? Completely. That yep. are, like, they're distraught if they miss a workout mm -hmm. and it's just like the last three years of continual progress I've made. Well, that's over. I might as well quit. I'm done. Like I, I'm never going to PR again. It's over. Yeah. And then as you get older and more experienced, we were talking earlier, like I haven't hit a PR in, I don't know, seven years. But like you said, at what point is how strong do I need to be for what I like? Right. And that was another big focus if you actually go through your gym, and I'm sure it's the same with yours, there's some people in there that have fucking cool hobbies. Mm -hmm. Like, we've got people that, you know, kiteboarding, snowboarding, skateboarding, BMX, pottery, whatever their hobby is, they need the strength, the mobility, the body, and I guess mind to be able to, com to do that activity or complete that activity to the mm -hmm. best of their ability. So, you kind of reach that point. Are you just putting weight on the bar for the sake of putting weight on the bar right or is there actually a reason or a function for what you're doing and i think that can get very easily lost in crossfit especially as you get into watching the games and all those things where i mean it's not human they're wrapping 500 pounds in a metcon workout where then you get the person that's really crazy obsessed with crossfit that that wants to reach that but they're not a professional athlete and they don't have the same nutrition, massage. They're, they don't get to just live working out. Well, you're going to work. Yeah. They you have the stresses. You're paying off students. That's loans. right. And so it you makes also it, want a, a social life. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of times life. interesting is people, um, I don't even know where I heard this quote the first time. It was like, you can have anything you want. You just can't have everything you want. And I think a lot of times people get like caught up with, oh man, I want to be great at everything. I feel like that's our era today, right? Like, yeah. if I if I'm if it's your birthday, I'm gonna make cupcakes. I gotta make gourmet cupcakes. I looked up yeah. that recipe on Pinterest with like organic this and like free range that and whatever. You know what's if also give me some be, fucking Betty Crocker, right? <laughs> yeah, they're everything gonna be delicious. has to be. So if I do CrossFit now, I have to be like basically I have to go to regionals, or it's a waste of my time. I'm wasting my time yep. by not being the best, as opposed to looking at it like I'm just enjoying my life. Yeah. In a hobby that's also has a whole bunch of fringe benefits that Huge. it makes me better at snowboarding and biking yeah. and, and pottery just, or whatever it is. Feel I feel better. better. Yeah. yeah. You've got more confidence. Just simple. I get to socialize and interact with people I may normally not interact with. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, most people in probably even have been in my gym for years may not even know what the other person does as a profession. Right? You've got certain professions that traditionally don't interact with others right whereas you get into these settings and everyone kind of it levels out the playing field in those arenas like it's not oh you're you're blue collar i'm white collar right right we don't have anything in common when you know what it's our political thing again yeah. you probably have a ton in common you just haven't actually sat down and talked to that person to find out hey where do your interests lie what's your family like what do you like to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. It's so true. And I think the the more 
the more the world goes online in your day-to-day, the more places like an actual brick-and-mortar gym are going to be important. Yeah. Because where are you going to get your socialization from? And even simple, like, going to the store to buy food. Right. Or just daily items or electronic, whatever it is, right? As things become more, we use Amazon for everything, Mm -hmm. more online, you don't even get the random interactions with strangers that may turn into a cool conversation. And all of a sudden, oh, especially in a small town, oh, hey, you actually know so-and-so. I used to, whatever, play golf with him. And then you've got this connection, and then you start talking further. But that's so something interesting that's, how that's so lost these days. It, we kind of got a bit into, we talked about More it earlier standard. in a business standpoint, what's considered success. Right. And then in a, from a life standpoint, like Alex said, as we got up, he kind of just looked around and be like, you know, you're living the dream. I mean, that's a city perspective on living with a bit of land. Right. And then you go, what you were talking about. Yeah, just you know, so just weird. Just be willing like, to take a little less. Yeah, because some people, I think, you know, you work so hard in the city, you work 60 hours a week to get in your car and drive three hours north to sit in your cottage. And really, you got there, so you got to cut the grass, do some maintenance, do whatever, and so finally, okay, it's 5 p.m. on, on Saturday. You're like, okay, I'm going to sit here and enjoy it. Sunday morning, wake up, like, got to pack up, got to go back to the yeah. city, and you go all the way back down, and you do it. And then it seems like, you know, some people are working so hard because they want the... To, to be able to pay off the mortgage on the cottage yeah. and the house and the this and then that yeah. as opposed to like well what like you could work you know a little less hard and just pick one thing and i guess kind of what we're saying like you can have anything you want just not everything you want yeah you, you could are. have a huge country home yep but or even like you said live a little bit outside of the city right you know have your even a quarter acre a half acre a yard if you have children or a pet to not yeah it's a little bit further or maybe I mean, crazy it sounds, take a job somewhere that's not in the city. Yeah. If you don't love everything you're doing, I think people get caught in the, this is my job, this is my path, I can't change this path. Right. Right? I'm, well, I'm 40 years old, what am I, 42 years old, 42, not 40, (laughs) 42 years old, (laughs) I can't change jobs now. Right. Like, I can't go do something else. Well, you're barely halfway there, like, hopefully. You know, barring any unforeseen accident, illness, you've got like, you know, we don't do much our first, like, profession-wise in life. First, first twenty years. Twenty years yeah. is just. I mean, we're that's where we're kind of preparing. Setting, yeah, setting yeah. a lot of our foundations for everything. But you've only been in this game, the work game, twenty years. If you figure you got twenty, thirty. If you end up doing something you like, like everyone especially in that teaching world. And in hindsight, I'm beyond thrilled I was unemployable right. <laughs> at that phase. Right? Had I got in full-time phys ed, 24 years old, 25 years old, then there's a good chance I'd still be in that game. But I'd be in that game and I would get my pension statement every year and be like, yes, 23.64 years and I'm on easy street. That's right. I got my pension, I got my whatever else. But for what, right? And people that are even into, you know, they've got 15 years left, and they're like, well, I put 25 in, I can't. I got to put the next 15 in. Well, why do you have to put the next? It's more 15? of a sunk cost than anything. You don't have to. Yeah. It's tough, I think, because the the model we work in is all about, you know, delayed gratification, yep. and I'm sacrificing for tomorrow. 
So I'm going to do what I need to do today so I enjoy tomorrow. Yeah. But dude, what if tomorrow so doesn't come? That's what I mean. Right? And, it's and crazy. So you're going to do this thing and then hit 65 and yeah. then you're going to retire and then you're going to do all the stuff you wanted to do. Like yeah. go to the cottage and snowboard and wakeboard. and But like, well, you can't do it the same way because you're 65. So that's you can still right. do it. You can still do it. You also yes. don't want to learn snowboarding. Like, I guarantee you it's way more, way way more fun and way easier to learn in yeah. your 20s and 30s than it is in your 60s. Yes. still possible. But it just seems like everyone's pushing it off for later. And I mean, some of those things might not come just because the, the you know it's not going to be so easy to retire at 60. I know and that's what people 65. don't and then even when you look at these these ironclad pensions nothing's a gift. I think the people in Sears thought they'd lose their pensions. Right. Right? You don't yeah okay the teacher's pension is so strong there's X amount of billions of dollars but you don't know. Right. You're not promised any of that. It's true. Right? That could all go away in an instant and then all of a sudden now you're 65 and I, there's some teachers that probably love their job right. and can't and don't want to retire, but there's a large number that I even know personally that wish they were 65 right now right. and could pack it in. And just do something else or nothing until they want to do something, find That's something right. that they want to do. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I know a couple of people who um, have basically like in their 40s quit their job and went back to school for like med, med school. Why not? went back to law school. You're and, so much smarter. Like, well, what are you going to do? And it's like, yeah, well, but like, so it's going to take me 10 years to get established. Sure. But then I'm 50, 50. and I still have Tons 30 of years of And doing something that's left. awesome that you love. Yeah. Whereas it's, but that's not pushed. Like I can remember back in high school, the whole push, you go to guidance. Well, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Well, I, I don't know. I'm 15 like you're years old for God's yeah. sake. See, I don't know what I want to do. Xbox. Is that an option? Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Like I'm. 42 and I don't know what I want to do the rest of my life like I'm doing stuff I love right now but that's gonna change, change. Yeah. like I'm not gonna sit back and be like yeah I'm good like that's just the mindset like yeah I'm gonna probably turn 50 and be like oh, you know what I mean I'm probably not gonna go to med school right. but <laughs> I'm gonna find something else I love yeah and I want to pursue that versus just saying oh you know things are going all right it seems like we're so goal driven which is not necessarily a bad thing but I read Depending an analogy that was, are. yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> if your goal is to play Xbox all day, kids, you might want to switch <laughs> might that. Be, uh, the wrong I guess goal there is gaming you. though as a profession. I don't now. know how. Anyways, continue. Some kids your, make a yeah. ton of money doing it. It's <laughs> nuts. Um, but it, it was saying like, we're so goal driven that in almost in some ways you look at it and it'd be like, if life was getting to the mountaintop and that's the goal. Well, so if really, if it really was about the goal, it'd be like, just take a helicopter and get dropped off at the top. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh no, but you have to get there. And I think we always forget it's the journey. So we're so focused on the goal of like retirement at 65 right. or whatever that is, the house, the getting married, or like this will be the time when I get that, then like, then I'll be happy and life will you're be good not. as opposed to like, it's how you like, how you get there. Cause when yeah. you're there, you're still never there. Cause there's always going to be something ahead of you. Yeah. And when there's nothing ahead of you, you're dead and that's over. So like, there's nothing to look forward to in that way. So like enjoy the journey more and take the time as opposed to be so focused on the future yeah well i talked to you about that today so that, like you just got back from ottawa from doing a podcast up there stopping here and then we're going golfing this afternoon he's gonna kick my butt yeah and we're not gonna be happy shooting four and five under today no we're gonna have go i'm going for that to, yeah minus 18 round that's right goal is to shoot the perfect round of golf <laughs> but yeah like i said and people are like, oh, that's awesome. Like, even I said, that's wicked. You can go to Ottawa, like, you know, and you're so old. I just wanted to do it. Yeah. Like, that was kind of my my goal for this week. And that's a, a short-term goal. But I get, like you said, it's goal same. It's still a goal. I've put myself in a position where 
I want to pursue podcasting and see where I can take it. Right. So I'm going to go to Ottawa for the day. I'm going to stop in Kingston on the way back, and then I'm going to get home. Right? Where a lot of people would be like, well, you're Alex, the gym owner, and Alex, the event gym yeah, event not a guy. Podcast guy. You can't do podcasts. And they'd be like, ah, oh, you're right, actually. I'm not a podcast guy. But I'm going to go back and sit in the gym and do my gym thing. Right. Yeah. But where so do you, you learn say that? that? Where do you learn that? Right. And th- and that's what's so weird about it is is my whole life. And I don't know. I wish I knew where I got this from. And and I I, I feel like I'm just gonna shout out my mom because somewhere there probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna shout out my dad there. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And but like my whole life, I was I was like, well, like anyone, like I remember like from having uh, like taking apart toys and electronics when I was a kid to working on my first car. I'm like I, I'm a human. That person's a human. I can learn the same things. Yeah. Like we're all the same. We're like, we talked about this a little before, like we're not that special. No, we're not. Right. There's 7 <laughs> billion is. of us. Yeah. Everyone's like, I'm the only me. Like, Oh, like I've seen so that George hard. Carlin skit about like everyone's so special. And yes. like, you're not special. No. Like, and the thing is like, I can, I can learn what you're doing. You might be better at it because you've had a lot more practice. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a plumber. Your dad was a plumber. You grew up around it. You've been yeah. doing it for years, but that doesn't mean I'm not. Remind capable me to go back to the plumbing thing. Finish your. Okay. So like we're, we're, I'm capable of it. It might take me longer to get it and I might not have had other experiences that lend themselves to it. So I might not have done a bunch of stuff with my hands, but I'm capable. Yeah. And there are definitely things where it's going to be like not worth my effort. Like I shouldn't be a rocket scientist because the amount of work it would take me to get good at math, to be able to do it, I should put my effort elsewhere. But the whole idea, I think when it comes to people of like, oh, like you're not a podcast, you're not a this person or that person. Like, well, what kind of person are you? You're the kind of person that does what you decide you want to do. If you decide to be a podcast person, you're a podcast. If you decide to be a CrossFitter or a yes. fitness person or a person who's lost a hundred pounds or yeah. a person who's picked up a new hobby, then you're that person. It's not like and you a, don't well, have to be, like you said, you don't have to be the best at it. No, exactly. Like, someday, could you? Would you like to be? You probably wouldn't even want to be like Joe Rogan podcast, right? He probably didn't think he was going to be there, but now he's there. Right. But doesn't mean that doesn't little your podcasting or make your podcasting any less because you're not at that level right right you love to podcast you get interesting people on you have interesting topics to talk about your audience might not be as vast and as wide but it's still you chasing down something that you are interested in yeah not the best snowboarder in the world but probably have some of the most fun well it's, and that's I feel what it's like all about with golf like uh, I've been taking golf lessons yeah. since last year I was telling you and it's so interesting talking to the golf pro he's like well you know most people golf like I told him I, I think I shoot and I'm like you know 108 yeah. he's like that's actually like below average I'm like what I was like, well, yeah, like most people are bad at golf. Yeah. The whole idea is you think everyone's good at it and you're like, man, and you I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out like everyone's kind of bad at it. And that's yeah. the reason that there's pros because they're really good at it. Yes. And they make it look effortless, but it doesn't mean we don't all stop golfing because like, oh man, I watched that. I watched the masters this year and I'm not that good. So I just, I'm giving up. I'm out. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. And it seems like in some areas of my life of our lives, we're able to accept that much easier than others. Yeah. And even on that, I was talking to the local pro at at, uh, at my course, Nolan, and we got talking about golf professionals and professional golfers. And even in that profession at a high level, he said, like, I'm a golf professional. He's a teacher. He works at the course. Excellent golfer. But he goes, I'm good at golf. And he goes, I'm a golf professional. They're professional golfers, and that's their career. Right. They're the guys you see on TV. They're the ones that 
can shoot 62 or mm -hmm. some kid shot a 57 yesterday That's like crazy. they're the ones that and so even at the highest of levels there's different there's a differentiation between the elite and the just a slight bit below the elite. Yeah. And see so that's if that prevents you from trying something, and maybe you're gonna be, yeah, the guy that shoots 150, but next year maybe you shoot 140. Right. And hey, look at me, now I'm 108. I heard uh, <laughs> it, it, exactly high. the way you're saying it. I read an analogy the other day, and it was basically saying how like we we view success as like a ladder. Like I'm here, success is up there. What rung am I on? Our, Man, I need to climb. Maybe I need to like members. knock someone over. Yeah, it comes yeah. To, and everything like money fitness relationships everything is just like oh let me and then when i'm on this rung let me look at other people be like oh, i'm better than that person over there good yeah okay cool and then okay i got good self-worth and they're like instead of if you looked at life from a different perspective and if you looked at it like an open field and we're all just people imagine like lemmings back in the day, and we're just walking there's no you have no place your to be analogies now you're, you're in just, nature for one day right? we're lemmings in we're a field. lemmings walking around <laughs> in a field and like you're and you're walking and there's like there's no right place well like your path might take you that way yeah. my path might take me this way but there's all of a sudden there's no way for me to be like my path is better than your yeah. path because it's just the path that i took we're all just walking through right? the field. Not, and, and yeah. that's what life is as opposed to being this like let me climb this ladder and like look down on you be like ah uh, like I'm kicking these guys' butts because, like, look at what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think the same thing with fitness. If you just looked at, like, your, my path is... My abs are better than yours, right? Yes. My biceps are bigger. Like, As opposed well, to I'm here, I'm here three days a week and I'm having fun in the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm learning movements that and have I'm benefits to... Improving my health. That's it. And that's the end. Like, most of those, and we go back to the fitness thing, like, six-pack abs guy and all that airbrush cover models, they're, and even especially professional bodybuilding, those guys get on stage and they're the walking dead. Mm -hmm. Like there's, they're so far from being healthy, maintaining or trying to get down to low single digit body fat percentages. Like that's how that's become our version of what health is, is shock. I don't know how it got to that point. I mean, it's through media and various types of media it's manipulation. Sells, right? Yeah. That people are chasing trying to chase this unreal like the carrot you said this yep. unrealistic expectation that you're never going to get there that's what so makes it though i think that's what makes it sellable though because if you sell something that everyone's got no one wants it you're selling ice and eskimo but if yeah. you're selling abs and like and it, you know 90 percent of people are like no abs oh, shit. and it's like but my product <laughs> will get you abs you're like okay you know what because if I get abs, so your product is healthy then food be, and a good workout routine. No, no, no. It's a magical three-week <laughs> oh, program. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a cleanse. Okay. Detox. <laughs> but like, and the Sorry, crazy part is, if you got, if you got abs and everyone had them. So imagine someone did come up with a magic pill. Boom! Instantly, you take this pill. Twenty-four hours later, it's probably you've not lost all your extra fat. Now the whole world has abs. Now all of a sudden, having abs is not no unique right. anymore. <laughs> the, the overweight guy in the cover yeah. man's house. The one guy who didn't Check take it. it. I didn't get abs. Well, he's, now he's a strong man, right? Uh, and uh, ooh, if you look ooh, at like... <laughs> an Olympic weightlifter. Yeah. If you look at like... Bulking up. I'm trying right, to get strong. Medieval days, right? Where it was like, you don't want to be skinny and have abs. You wanted to be like overweight because that means you're rich. Like it's just all yeah. complete perception. So as opposed to just finding a way to be happy with yourself. Yeah. It's let me just chase this thing that I know I'm not going to get. And it's almost a reason for you to stay miserable. But if you do get it great you get there and you get sweet lighting in your mirror and you've got the right shadows and you get like an ab then what great yeah do you go to bed like it's kind of like that look um, how hot i am now. it's kind of like that uh uh dark knight when uh heath ledger joker he's like i'm kind of like a uh, like a rabbit chasing cars or whatever like if i caught a car i don't even know what i'd do with it yeah i feel like that's what a lot is for a lot of people like well i need to chase something so i'm gonna chase yeah. that and unfortunately i think a lot of times it tends to be chasing 
whether it's appearance related, financial success related, it's not chasing, I don't want to say anything healthy, but mm-hmm. in essence, it's not. You're chasing things that are just creating more and more stress versus something that something that somebody else wants you to chase right versus what you want to chase yeah and I, I think that's the that's, I think that's probably the most interesting thing that we've touched on so far because if to you and it's hard to, for you to for people to decide what's me and what's what what have I been taught yeah. from other people if financial success is, is the thing that's actually important to you and that's the way you value your success then it's actually great for you to chase it. It's just if you're chasing it because you think it's what makes you valuable in other people's eyes or what's going to make you better than other people or whatever, that's where the disconnect lies. Same thing with abs in fitness or whatever it is. If you're doing it it for yourself, it's great. Have at it. Right. But if you're doing it for the social status of, man, then I will be happy and fine. Yeah, look at the car I have. Not because I love this car. Yeah. Because I want someone else to love what this car means to them to think of me right yeah which is never gonna you're just never gonna have you'll need another car you'll need we talked about it with buying houses yeah you know you've got the million dollar house with the front end loaded mortgage yeah and then you've got the 1.4 million dollar house with five bathrooms and six bedrooms for your one child and how much space do you really need yeah not much as you can see you yeah, guys this can't is, see that they can't see yeah. it this is we'll this spin is, it around at the end yeah this but, is yeah. a little a, a, a little house? What do you call uh, it? A tiny house. Tiny yeah, house? It's yeah. eight, eight foot by eight foot. Jeez. But it's... I mean, you know, it has everything you need in it. It's got all I geez. need. And it has a Lego set, so I mean, pretty much. It's a Spider-Man Lego set. And see, that's the one thing. We kind of lose touch because we're told that as we get older, a lot of these things we loved as kids. Like, I love Spider-Man as a kid. Loved reading comic books. You get older, it's like, what are you wasting your time with comic books for? I don't know, because they're really fucking cool. Right. And I like reading them. Like, I got these sweet Spider-Man shoes. <laughs> I did not even notice. Yeah, check those out. That's awesome. But, and I found the more I'm going back to things that genuinely made me happy. Yeah, it's a material thing, but it was 50 bucks. Right. Right? And it's just, and I get the kids love it. Like, I get enjoyment out of wearing these. Right. And it's just skateboarding, snowboarding, things that kind of get put to the side because you're chasing the societal norm things you're supposed to that we're supposed to have you know you have to have x y and z by the time you're you know our age and if you don't have them even we talk quickly on during breakfast about uh being married versus being single right and you're you know you're in your 30s and 40s and you're single and you're like oh like why like you said, like you've got, everything okay? you've got arms and legs. Yeah. yeah. Are you okay? Like all your teeth are there. Yeah. You don't have a glass eye. Yeah. But why, why are you single? Well, maybe it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, why don't you have the million dollar house? Well, it's a choice that allows me to, to pursue the things I want to pursue. Right. With it. And most people are shackled to their mortgage. They're shackled to their car payment. And then it just, it becomes the you know the rock rolling down the hill i mean that's i think that i mean that's a whole separate rabbit hole that we could go down but the whole idea is really to shackle you to something but have you think it's your own choice Uh, like the house is an asset right like (laughs) this way it's your choice now and now you're going to be here forever and you have to keep working because you got these bills to pay so you can't quit your job and be like hey i'm going to start a knitting company on the side and try to knit socks for baseball players and the crazy part about it is sick actually (laughs) Like, I feel the, it's just so crazy how the things we idolize, though, 
like actors, actresses, yeah. um, professional sports players. What do these people do? They play make-believe on a grand stage. They play a sport. They do all these things that we wish we could do. And we look at them, but then we're like, oh, Johnny, don't, hey, stop pretending. Yeah. Go back and do your kid. math. And yeah. I think math is very important. Yes. And schooling and education and reading is very important. But at the same time. But is educate? Oh, we could go into you know, education. Like, I feel like you should still be like playing and all these things are actually beneficial. Yeah. So why are we shunning them? You yeah. know, and But that comes back to then. So what is education? Right. Education. Well, let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Education so, has been what we've been taught that you go into your factory like school setting you learn your science, technology, math, English, your STEM, like all those things, and that's education. Right. But what about the education just of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just learning who you are. Right. Right? There's nothing that shows kids like now, I guess there's a little bit of push towards kind of mindfulness and letting kids explore. We, f we spoon feed them what they're supposed to learn. Versus letting them go out, engage in what they want to engage in, and see what sticks. Right. Expose them to as many different things as we can. And we need, and that's what I wanted, the plumbing thing I was going to talk about. Right. So with all the renovations, we basically turned the old horse barn into the gym. And so I had a whole bunch of different contractors coming through, and I did a bit of work helping them. I'm nowhere, and again, that's a shout out to dad, because he can do all that stuff. Right. And so he's kind of, growing up, we would just be the ones sitting in the garage handing him screwdrivers, wrenches, holding something while he fixed the toilet and the bathroom. Yep. But all those things, and then I was watching as some of these things were being done, and I was just like, um, even some excavation stuff. Like these guys are so, and girls are so skilled at what they do, but we put that stigma on them. Like, well, you know, you better go to university and do this. You don't want to end up this. And it's generally, you don't want to end up in these blue collar type professions, but they're super skilled. And the kind of contractors and people that work in those fields that I know are some of the happiest guys and girls most down to earth and people that think that there's no money to be made in those professions there's are sorely there. mistaken and they don't they go to work they come home they're done yeah they're not right? bringing the stress with them oh it's just why we don't push those professions and like the blue collar work more is beyond me because they're such skilled forms of work it's interesting because i feel like some of that has to be left over from an era where education was really scarce and it was difficult like if you think back to hundreds of years ago and you know the, there was only books in the church or somewhere yeah right so oh the church it was diff yeah that's a whole separate <laughs> we won't go down the church road. <laughs> but you, you, you go back to 100 years hundreds of years ago where books were rare and that was something well, literacy was rare yeah so it general. was like oh you need to go get educated because yeah. everyone has the opportunity to learn how to work with their hands and apprentice under someone or whatever yeah. Education is rare, so you pushed it. Yeah. But now it becomes a thing where the educational institution is basically just a business unto itself. Um, I mean, I think you're putting out programs with degrees and that are actually not preparing kids for, for real work right. in the real world, but you just want to get them signed up and get them in and get them to pay yeah. you for four years. So they come out, they have no actual employable skills. Like you study humanities, awesome. Which is what wicked. are you going to do with it? Yeah. And if you did it because you were passionate about it, that's one thing. But if you did it yes. with the hope of being employable four years later, it's a whole different perspective because that's not in demand right now. That's what right. job hires it? 
like you know humanities that's you got to do something with it yeah and i think it's a leftover of we value education which again is good just or we value the idea edu- we value employable skills yes i don't think we value education whereas i think that kid that wants to go and study the humanities that's amazing and they're creating a ton of value in their own life but how are you going to turn it into value for someone that's else? right and unfortunately in the world we live in that's not looked upon as an employable skill and it's right. not valuable whereas it's, it's extremely valuable i think it could be i think the thing is though the onus becomes on the person and and you you're not a cog in that sense I feel like if you come up with a job where, okay, you're a mechanical engineer, there's a there's a lot of slots that you fit in. Yes. You can work here, 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 and this job, this job, this job, so now you have more employable skills. Yeah. If you come up with something with softer skills, humanities, even some business degrees, for example, yeah. now it's up to you to do something with it. And I think where we fall short is instead of acknowledging that and being like, hey, now that we're teaching this, we're also going to have to spend some time helping you or teach you how to create value for other people that's right we're like oh four years done see, see you later yeah. i studied economics and psychology before teachers college and i went to university just because it was the thing to do right right i was like i don't know what i want to do but chose to go and do those subjects because they had some interest to me right right and then done same thing i am not employable in any sense of the word right so that's where and i don't know where that came from that internal drive to be like okay well i'm going to go try this and start a little business and then try this so it's how do you teach a kid to have the i guess the confidence and to be risk the risk-taking ability to say you know what okay maybe they business abc don't think i have employable skills I'll show them I have employable skills. I'll go do my own thing, right? And I'll employ myself, which I think is the way we're the, we're gonna go. The world is gonna has to. Right? I think it goes to this point where the people who I think are the most objective about these things are actually like I don't even know what the phrase is. I just feel like the closer you are to the actual creation of value, don't like you're delivering <laughs> delivering the product, right? Like yeah. I like if I'm a farmer and I like yeah. I spend my time, I raise my cattle. And then I milk it and I sell the milk or whatever analogy you want to use for the vegans out there, you know, like anything I'm, I'm raising they're fields of wheat, they're not listening to us, fields of wheat. And then I'm cutting it, but I'm doing all the work. Yeah. You start understanding like, Oh, I had to do something that someone else wanted me to do. Right. And yeah. then I got money in exchange for it. That's the way the whole economy works. As opposed to like, I'm just a really awesome person. I make stuff for myself. Someone give me money. And you're like, well, that's not how it works. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were like that because it used to be, we'll slot you in somewhere. We're, hey, look, yep. there's a job here at the factory. You the just factory, go, they'll the... tell you what to do. Yeah. And you just you just be good and obey and you'll get money. Yeah, get and that money. was a thing. But now that's highly replaceable. Yeah. And the irony is we, our parents and our you know grandparents, they worked hard so that we could be here now to have this flexibility and freedom. to, to not You can actually to do, do what you want to do. Yeah. But we haven't prepared everyone for that. No. And that's where... We could go on and on, and we talked a little bit where the the traditional model of education is failing. Right. Is that it hasn't changed since those factory days. So, like you said, these kids are coming out with pieces of paper, but it's not helping them in today's world where those type of jobs in the factory are becoming even, they're becoming more and more scarce. Right. And they're not going to make, make a rebound. Like they're not coming back and be like, oh, guess what? GM's opening 19 new plants. Right. Right. We need a whole bunch of unskilled labor. If anything, the labor is getting more skilled. Yeah. And if you don't have an education system that is teaching kids to be 
innovative and creative and find ways to work around problems or have a little bit of resilience to work around a problem to help advocate for themselves, mm -hmm. you're not setting them up for any kind of success, whether it be financially, personally, in any sense of the word, I don't think. I think the biggest thing that is lost on people is that the learning never, like learning never stops. No. And I think a lot of people are like, I did the learning thing. I hate school. It's yes. cool to hate school now. I hate math. It's stupid, whatever. And then like all these things, <laughs> That's I'm done. That's why you've got these mortgages because you hate math. Right. <laughs> you don't understand them. So, so then you get to this point and you're like, okay, great. So, um, but like, I, I just want to make money and I want to be happy. And it's like, well, if you want to keep growing as a person, you got to keep learning. And that might be, again, and I think this is why hobbies are so important, yeah. right? Picking up snowboarding, you're learning something different. The fact that you're not memorizing stuff on paper doesn't mean you're not learning. Exactly. And that's... Um, and I think learning needs to continue forever. And I think we're a big part of the education should be, how do you learn best? Yeah. And how do I learn best? Because we might both approach it from a different angle. Yep. I could, you know, work with a plumber and then pick up some stuff and do it myself. And you might, you know, you might watch him and I might want to dry fit do stuff on hand, the side yeah. and try it. But how do we learn best is kind of the key. And you don't have to love everything you learn. No. Maybe you take a couple of years and whether it's mountain biking, whatever you want to, and maybe all of a sudden you're like, you know, I don't even like this. Yeah. Great. Move on. Try something different. Yeah, sell your bike and pick a different hobby. That's right. And that's that whole, this is the segue into uh, Creekford Academy. Yes. Yeah. So a business partner, I, as part of this property opened in experiential, experiential education, private school uh kindergarten to grade three and so kind of a little about what i've been talking about so far about exposing the kids to as much as we can that's not all going to take and again you use the mountain i use the mountain bike analogy but it could be anything these kids are going to have the opportunity to do as many things as we can possibly put in front of them to let them not pick their own education but in a sense choose the path that they want to go down they're going to be exposed to basically to all facets of edu education and then they get to they get to pick the one they like that's so awesome and it's you can see it in the kids like they're most of them are for kindergarten like jk level and the progress we've seen from day one to now like the kids in their basic traditional subjects which are tied to something that we might do on the property there a lot of them are operating at you know what in a traditional grade two setting grade three setting where you could put them in that classroom and they're not going to stand out mm -hmm. like they're going to be wow this this kid's pretty good for grade two but they're four years old and they're jk right and that's just through exposure right and treating them we talked a little bit of this when i introduced you to them we treat them like little humans yeah they're not little babies you don't talk like, down to them there's no yeah, baby they have, talk that's right they have they have a lot of skills yeah and they're so eager to learn and they want to learn everything it's not okay get your math books out like or now we have to do printing like they want can we print today can we do math today because maybe we saw we would see little some snakes out there and so they would count the snakes or they would measure the snakes. And then right. we can relate all these things through their experience and it, it gives them something to grasp onto. So they can, okay, I need to remember, okay, that's, you know, that's a foot or that's 30 centimeters. I remember that snake. It might seem silly, but that's the things that will stick with them over time. That's so interesting to say that because I feel like that's the way we learn. And when I was talking about like, you know, we're always learning. I think the thing is learning is way more 
has way more stickability. It's not really a word, but I think it sticks around longer when it has context. Yes. So if I'm measuring something, I care because I'm measuring, but I'm also like, I'm measuring a snake. So like, oh, snake and measuring. I kind of learned two things, but because now they're related. Yeah. And I mean, the brain's a really cool, mysterious, awesome machine because it can pick connections like from seemingly random places just like this conversation right it's all making sense but like a computer couldn't you know it's not it's not Uh, linear these algorithms might nowadays but like so it's interesting because i think that's what's lost a little bit is because now we instead of us learning things contextually it's turned into learning you know linearly like okay we we need measuring okay we're just gonna do unit on measuring that's right that's it as opposed to well measuring is just one of the things we need chapter five geometry whereas this you know all of a sudden that snake coils itself up well look at that you're in the geometry right right now you've got your your circle your spiral right so it's all it all can connect back together but they have to be exposed to it right and so the big push seems to be now for your science and technology and your mass at the expense of the humanities right and phys ed art music the creative and innovative side that every kid now is going to need to be an employable adult we're taking away from them in order to learn them on certain things like you said well measure that stick or not even that stick that would be contextual yeah (laughs) measure this line on a page right and then trace this triangle and and, and i guess it comes back to we're just trying to make people really employable and that's good but i think there's more to life than that because great you have a job and now you have no appreciation for moving your body or any sort of like you know arts and just education the, or mindset yeah like the things that especially in moving your body and using that creative side whether it is through art or music how that can translate and just overall child development that's going to improve all the other things that we're trying as a nation in our education system to improve yet we're taking those things away to to improve them like it just seems so counterproductive right. to me that adding more time and something at the expense of the thing that's going to end up helping what we're adding more time to right if that in a roundabout way if that made any sense i think it's just getting like people are just frustrated with the unemployability of students so it's just a reaction everything's reaction to like okay that's well right. you're upset okay well what's big now stem cool okay yeah. um we're gonna just focus more on that great yeah and i feel like the thing is that that used to have like having home ec having automotive class in high school where like you're learning how to change your own brakes and stuff yeah. and i talk to people all the time is like you know now cars have more tech in them but the upside is like me learning the hard way of changing my own brakes and yep. change my own oil and all that kind of stuff is like i get when a mechanic's talking I'm like oh i kind of understand like what's going on i don't yeah. have the time to do it i pay someone to do it now yep. but it was something that i could learn uh, yes. and now people have no, people don't know how to change their own flat tires right think to what I mean, if I think back to elementary school and I think of what do I remember, I remember woodshop class. Mm-hmm. I remember phys ed, right? It's all I remember music and art. I don't necessarily personally remember a lot of the science. Right. And the, I mean, maybe on the experiment end, because that's something that you can grasp and you can, it's that experiential side. But I mean, I remember school, I would sit there and my brother and I were, we would skateboard six, seven hours a day. And so all school was, was drawing. Waiting for recess. Di- yeah, and drawing diagrams of what we're going to come home and try and build. Right. Like to skate on. And that's kind of what even led to this whole school thing is, okay, what, 
what do I remember from school that I loved and then what do I feel like I wasted so much time or you get a really you get a group of 30 kids you've got all ability levels in there everybody gets the same worksheet right maybe you finish the worksheet we got 30 minutes to do it Alex you're done the worksheet in three minutes maybe it takes me 23 minutes when you're done in three minutes you're just supposed to sit there silently for 27 minutes mm -hmm. while everybody finishes and it just seems that's such a colossal waste of time and i get the restraints of a traditional classroom you've got one poor adult trying to wrangle 30 kids right. especially at a young age and try to get them to do something focused for any amount of time so if you can give them a variety of things hey you know what maybe we're all gonna do the same activity it's not gonna be this worksheet but the other day we were in the measurement they had all got a whole bunch of scrap wood and they had to try and build a structure as high as they could so they're all doing the same activity somebody built one okay are you happy with that and then they would look and see some oh maybe not and so their activity wasn't done it wasn't like the worksheet where it was finished right they were like you know what i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna try and build maybe they rebuild it and it's actually lower they measure and like ah damn and so then they take it apart and they build it again and then once everybody's kind of, it might take an hour it might take 15 minutes but you know you get someone that's happy with what they've done there's a hundred other things to do okay go do the other activity and then when everyone's done we'll bring you all back so the learning doesn't stop once they stop that worksheet they're out doing their own learning until everybody gets to come back together and then show hey this is what i did this is why i did it this is how i did it that's awesome. so yeah it just creates a, a really cool environment for the kids and these kids are so young this is what they know as school so they're now developing a love of school and a love of learning and we're not taking that from them as opposed to this being this chore this awful thing that you have to go yeah to. like oh it's and oh yeah it's the weekend like I'm, one of the kids oliver he had a cough on wednesday or thursday and his mom was talking to Catherine, my business partner and teacher and he was trying to fake being well so he could come to school even though he was sick right whereas the other most kids fake sick to get out of school That's right like he was just trying oh i feel good i'm coughing like coughing so much he's almost throwing up he's like no i'm okay all because he didn't want to miss out right and that's what learning and education should be that's like if i had to miss a snowboarding weekend like last year I, i'm distraught like that's, that was yeah you're excited about it yeah that's my learning and then we would get shitty freezing rain or it would rain straight up and we wouldn't be able to go and be like ah oh, that was my learning for the weekend like i'm genuinely sad that i didn't get to learn and that's what i think school should be for everybody whether kindergarten grade 10 grade 12 and it is for some kids in that traditional setting but for a lot of kids they kind of get they get left behind uh, i think schools catering caters only to um one type of learner if you sit well in a class yeah. setting and you're okay with someone talking at you. And even for me, I wasn't that good with it, but I loved reading. I've always been an avid reader, so I would read ahead in the textbook, and that's what got me through. It wasn't the lectures. It was the fact that yeah. I could just read ahead through the textbook. But I had to, like, to be up with the lecture, I'd have to, like, read ahead because me listening wasn't the thing. And then yeah. you have a whole bunch of people who are hands-on physical people, and they'd struggle. They're the ones that get really laughed Because behind. there's nothing physical, for them right? Where if it was like, okay, let's measure the cup and whatever, and we'll do some math yeah. and geometry or calculus using this cup and liquid and whatever, they'd get it. But now you want them to abstractly 
picture liquid and picture a cup yeah. and, pi- and like now it becomes difficult on a piece of paper where it's just numbers and it's not that they're 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 not dumb no it's just they don't learn that way that's right and abstract concepts all, are hard like yeah working with i'm not normally up until this year worked with really young kids and you start to really see that that it's very difficult we just take for granted our ability with abstract concepts mm-hmm. but for kids it's a very very difficult thing that has to be nurtured for them to really i guess have access to the a variety of facets of learning right so they can become more of just they don't have to just be a visual or auditory or kinesthetic learner they're going to end up getting a, they're going to have a whole bunch of those skills at their disposal through all of life and I guess that comes from the more things they're exposed to, exactly. the more different That's right. facets they have access to. Yeah, and they don't have to, like I said, there's many things they don't like doing, right? They're kids. Like, they would rather probably just throw grass in the air all day. Yeah. But if you get them, if you expose them to it and get them interested in it, and that's a big thing, too, as a teacher, and Catherine's amazing at it, is do the stuff with them. Have fun. Right. Show them that okay, maybe they don't love this. And I can say, hey, you know what? I don't love it, but I'm going to do it. And we can still make this fun. Whereas a lot of, especially in the phys ed world, when I was in the in the traditional teaching, there wasn't a lot of elementary teachers that could do, that could do anything in phys ed, right. right? It was throw the kids the ball. And if you went out at recess, and especially not, if you went out at recess and played sports with the kids, played soccer, played football, played baseball, like other teachers would look at you like you had three heads. Like, well, what, what are you are doing? You doing? This, break. Is, this is break. This is your time. I said, yeah, well, this is my time. I'm going to go engage with these kids and show them, that, hey, like I'm an adult, but I still love playing these games and being a kid. Like you don't have to stop doing this. So interesting. I think carrying these habits on and being active is a whole life game not a yeah. okay finish grade 12 never have to do gym, do gym class again thank god i yeah. can just sit on my butt yeah and that's a problem with sports too right well you played ball in university mm-hmm. and a lot of people when that's done a lot of people it ends at high school and it's over and then it's over and then what do you and that's where i guess it's great where things like crossfit and other activities that have kind of a team aspect to them or a community are great but for a lot of people that fitness and kinesthetic learning ends after high school yeah for some it ends after was it mandatory up till grade what 10 for phys ed yeah i don't even think it's yeah not all the way yeah some people it even ends then and even you don't have to be the greatest athlete in the world but you want to have some healthy habits going forward as an adult it's important and i mean at the end of the day even if your hobbies are not physical hobbies at all just the benefit of taking care of your body because it's the thing that houses your brain and <laughs> it's, it, the it's the way you interact with our thing world, in the world around us. yeah like you can't pick up stuff if your arms don't work like like take care of it and use it as best to keep it in as good shape for as long as you can we just take our bodies for granted so much like anyone that's really physical or active like you, we've all been there and then you get sick and you feel like death and you're like, oh, God, as soon as I'm not sick, I'm going to work out extra hard yeah. and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But a lot, and a lot of times then you get better and you're like, nah, I feel pretty good now. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, we take it for such granted that we can do the things we do a lot of the time. Yeah. But unless you can kind of be a little bit introspective and look at that and say, hey, you know what? Remember when I was sick or remember when I broke my ankle or I had some 
you know, maybe I've had some type of disease or cancer or something that really limits me. And I think, unfortunately for a lot of people, it takes something damn near catastrophic to make them realize, oh shit, like older people, heart attack or stroke right. or something to realize, well shit, I can't smoke every day. And, and at the end of the day, the, the crazy part is if you just spend the time to build the habits, it never feels like a chore as opposed to being like, okay, I got to go to the gym and I got to quit smoking and I'm going to do this for six months to get healthy and then I'll be happy Yeah. as opposed to that and being more about, you know what, I just want to build some habits. It means I'm going to be active a couple times a week. Yep. I'm going to smoke less or take better care of my body and whatever that means for you as long as it's improvement. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all about having the mindset of continual growth as opposed to I'm going to suffer for X amount of days and then I'll be happy. Yeah, but that's not, and that's not pushed, right? And right. what's pushed is, oh, did you see the latest Game of Thrones? Right. Let's argue on Facebook about whether it was shitty or not, right? It's not that mindset of continual growth. Like everything's a distraction. Isn't that did crazy? Did you watch hell? the series? Did you do this? Did you right. see this? Have, did you read this online? Like it's not, like you said, this long form, we've been talking for ages now. And saying we could probably talk for another couple hours. Easily. Bore the hell out of people. The crazy part is like with Game of Thrones, like there was 600 or something people working on it. Right? And everyone... See, I haven't even watched an episode. So I I've never nothing, seen an episode yeah, either. I just... About it. I read about... Because people were criticizing the ending of it. Yes. And this is the era that we're in now. Look, the ending sucked. It's yeah. like, one, it's make-believe. <laughs> so the guy, they can end it however and they I, want. People, I can't read comic books. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and two, like these people worked really hard on it to create it so like if you don't like it that's great yeah good for you to I not know. like it like no one asked you to like it people just asked you to watch it and you did and you did and so I don't get it like you can be on the one side in the armchair ironic I'm an armchair Isn't that look criticizing right? or I can be on the other side like filming something yeah and everyone would rather be in the armchair and just criticize yeah go be a writer yeah hey I want to make a cool show go write a cool show and see if it gets on HBO yeah if it does then hey you got full control of how that ends exactly yeah oh man awesome well thanks Andrew thanks buddy appreciate it it was a pleasure yeah. we'll do it again soon um, thanks now guys. we're going golfing that's it we're going to hit yeah. some golf I'm going to hit a minus uh, 19 yeah perfect round, do it. perfect round plus yes minus 19 and I'm not getting out of the car to do that if <laughs> anyone listened to this entire thing straight through send us a message yes please <laughs> let us know someone no fast forward <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>